1: Ninety-five point one FM and AM seven hundred and sixty in Hawaii. A lot to get into, so let's not waste any time. Let's head out to the Circus Sports Guest Hotline and joining us now from the Sporting Tribune, Michael Matthew.
2: Michael, how are you? Man, pretty good, man. Uh, you know, excited. about December is close. That's right. So you hard know, times.
1: Uh, listen, you've been covering everything, so we want to get into as much of it as we uh, possibly can. Let's start off with the Clippers. You've, you've been at. Their last few games, I I really thought that game against Denver uh, was maybe one of their worst losses in recent history. Just when you look at the fact that they did not have the Joker, they did not have Jamal Murray and Darren Gordon. I mean, that was not a game that they should have uh, lost. Um, As you've seen the Clippers up close, what is wrong with this team and can it be fixed?
2: Uh, It's going to take some time. They just have to get defined roles, man. They don't have defined roles on their team. And most championship teams have defined roles for their players. Mm-hmm. And that's what happens when you make a trade in season like they did where you don't get a training camp. We with a player like James Harden who said he's the system. So if maybe if you don't build the system around him, you can't get it uh, you know, the way that they want to. But I think they have a chance. Uh, it's going to take some time. They may have to make another move or so. But I, I think that with those talented players, it's no way that you can't try to figure out a way to be, you know, one of the better teams in a Western conference.
1: When you see them up close, um, you know, does it seem like the chemistry uh, can p- potentially be there? Because again, when, when teams lose and you're watching them from afar, you're watching them on TV, um, uh, you know, it's hard to see, but when, um, and again, again, you covered these guys. Uh, you, you, know, you had a picture. You were, you were talking to the logo Jerry West following one of the recent games. Um, can this team gel? Yeah, you know, or or do they have to figure out? You know, do uh, do certain guys come off the bench? I mean, is can the chemistry of this team work?
2: That's one thing I'm not sure about because okay. the team prior to the trade, we saw the chemistry that they were created. We talked about it. Uh, with, you know, Russ doing what he did with them in Vegas, PG buying them, the controls for the PS5. Wow. Yeah. Um, the chemistry does, just doesn't seem the same. Like, James Harden is his own guy, while the other guys mesh much better together. And they're still trying to figure that part out. But, like, I was talking to the logo, and he was saying the challenge is really going to be on Ty Lue to get these guys to be one mind, thinking and working together. So as of now... And I'm not even sure if they're going to get to a point of chemistry that they had prior to the trade. When you look back at the trade, uh, what
1: sticks out to you about it? Because I think when the trade was made, we didn't really take into account, you know, how much this was going to ruin chemistry. I think, you know, obviously the headline was James Harden is coming to the team. Uh, that, That seemed like a move that maybe that they had to make when you look at the fact that they haven't been healthy in recent years. The most surprising thing of how they've performed and where they are at this point in the season, their guys have played every game, basically. I mean, this, this, this has not been a load management season for the Clippers. They're losing these games with Kawhi, Paul George, James Harden, Russell Westbrook. I mean, they're playing. Um, what did you think about the trade when it happened and your thoughts on it now? I mean, like, has, has your opinion of the
2: trade changed? I wasn't a fan of it prior. I wasn't a fan when it was made, and I'm still not a fan of the trade. I just felt that they had defined roles prior to uh, the move for James Harden, to where now these guys are still trying to figure it out. Like a question that I, when I talk to fellow media members, is what does it look like when all four of them play well? And is that possible? And the way that these players are and have been their entire careers, I don't think that's going to be possible for all four of those guys to be on their game. We saw in the Nuggets game Kawhi kind of got out of a slump, had 30 points, but PG only scored 6 points. James Harden didn't play well. Russ gave you a solid of game off the bench. So I I don't know if all four of them can possibly play well and do it consistently enough to beat teams like Denver, uh the Lakers and Suns and some of the other teams at the top of the West.
1: Yeah, I know it's going to take time and I was in New York when James Harden made his debut. And the big talk uh, that that night was Ty Lue and James Harden both said it's going to take ten, ten games, and you know we've we've gone past that point, and it still doesn't look any better now than it did at that point. So we'll see how that all plays out. Uh, switching gears to the Lakers, um, you know the joke that we've been making this season is that when it's the play-in tournament, these guys come out to play. Uh, when <laughs> it's not the play-in tournament, they 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 don't. It's clear that they want to win that half a million dollar per uh player um so we got the quarterfinal matchup set up it's the suns and the lakers the winner advances to the semifinal in las vegas what have you seen from the lakers so far this season again they haven't been healthy but you know in games that quote unquote matter and i don't know how much you know play in tournament matters but it does to them clearly what have you seen from the from the lakers so far this season
2: Man, the Lakers are Bruce Banner on some nights, and then other nights <laughs> the Hulk, you know. So when they're in Hulk mode, AD is looking like clearly the best player on the team, one of the top seven guys in the league and playing well, and they're making outside shots. But when they're playing bad, they look terrible. And we saw that against the 76ers. And you know, they have to figure it out. And and a lot of people are talking about the players, but I think it comes down to coaching. What can coach Ham do to get the best out of this team? Because you're hearing about trade talks, DeMar, Zach Levine, maybe Caruso, but I'm like, Hey, everybody came into the season saying this is one of Braun's better. And most a uh, team with the most depth, it's time for them to show it. Our moves will be made. Yeah.
1: Um, do you like the roster as it's currently set up? I know a lot of pe- people like the moves that they made in the off season. They like the continuity that a lot of these guys were coming back from the Western Conference Finals run. They made a few additions, but nothing crazy. However, there's been reports. Maybe they're interested in Zach Levine. Maybe they're interested in making some moves. Would you, if they're a playoff team, let's just say, uh, let's play it out like this. Let's say they're not a top four team, but they are a playoff team at the trade deadline. Would you make a move? to uh, change things up at that point?
2: They're the Lakers. The Lakers are going to always think about <laughs> making moves and, yeah. you know, willing and dealing any way that they can. But I like the roster. I just think that they have to get healthy. I can't wait to see our Vanderbilt get back. He's going to be a piece yeah. they expect to play. Just guys have to perform. And at the end of the day, you can make all these moves. People talk about adding a third star. But you look at the last Laker team to win. They did it with their... Big guys at the top, LeBron and AD, and a bunch of depth and really good veterans who stepped up and made plays. And that's what it's going to come down to. Making a trade, you get the big names, but we know that having the big names doesn't always equal championships. But when you have depth and have players with defined roles, that's when you can get the best out of a team like the Denver Nuggets last year. So I will hope the Lakers stand pat, but they're the Lakers. I know they're already looking for moves, especially if LeBron is talking to them at all.
1: Yeah. Uh, Listen, you've done an amazing job this season covering UCLA. There were some rumors, certainly following the Cal loss, the blowout at the Rose Bowl, uh, that maybe Chip Kelly was on the hot seat. A lot of boosters uh, did not want him to come back. Uh, The the team did announce that he will come back. There was a flyover on campus. Someone bought a plane that basically said to fire (laughs) Chip Kelly. Um, Listen, you've been in those post-game press conferences. You've, You've covered this team when they've won and when they've lost. Uh, yeah, they've had some big wins, and they've had some bad losses. Um, your thoughts on UCLA deciding to
2: stick with Chip Kelly? I think at least for one year, going into the Big Ten, yeah. to going with a veteran coach who has been there, and, you know, he's given them a competitive team. It's, it's like they're tough losses, especially to Cal, and Arizona State came down to the, the top position, which is quarterback. And Ethan Garber's being out the Arizona State game, and the Cal, and going down early the first drive, of the cow game really killed all of the momentum and energy that they had but i think that chip you know you expect a great offense from them that's what's disappointing is because the defense has been lights out this year and the offense is what the problem is but i think it's tough to go into the big Ten with a brand new coach uh figuring out what's going to happen with the recruits and things like that like just stand pat with with uh, Coach Kelly for for one season and see maybe if he can get the quarterback right, maybe they can make some noise.
1: Switching gears to the other uh, school in town, USC. I never thought I would call them that, but you kind of have to distinguish <laughs> them that way when UCLA did what they did and USC had the season where, where they did, where they are seven to five. Looks like there may be a, a little bit of a bright spot if you can call it that. Reports are that the uh, USC Trojans may get an invite to the Holiday Bowl to play Clemson, Uh, Mm -hmm. Just on paper, historically speaking, I mean, USC Clemson, that would be a fun matchup. We have not heard from Caleb Williams. That doesn't mean that he's going to come back. But he did uh, tell the Los Angeles Times that it will be a game time decision in terms of him uh, deciding to leave school. I I don't know what that means. But I do think if you were one of those hoping that he'd come back and Michael, I I think it's I think he's gone. But what does it tell you that he's taking this long to decide if he does want to come back?
2: Um, that he loves playing for Lincoln Riley, you know what I'm saying? He loves living in LA, uh, which I can't blame him. Um, so he, he just loves the environment that he's in right now, but when it comes down to it, if I'm Caleb, you, you have to enter the draft. Uh, you're possibly going to be the top pick. Um, you know how we look at Matt liner many, many, many years ago when he decided to come back, he went from the number one overall pick to, you know, anywhere from seven to nine. So I know he's also kind of looking at the teams that maybe have the first pick. You know, he's like, hey, if I don't want to go and play there, maybe I should come back. But, um, you know, it's USC, beautiful campus, beautiful school. You're in Southern Cal. So I know why it's something to to think about, especially with the money he's probably making with NIL. But, hey, go pro. Go and make your dreams come true. Be one of the top picks in the draft. That would be the smart thing for Caleb Williams.
1: You know, the guy that I always think of is Matt Barkley, where, you know, he went from being, and I don't know if he was going to be the first overall pick in the draft, but he was certainly a first round pick. Comes back to school, just a hellacious, uh, terrible seven and five season. Similar Mm -hmm. to this, they go to the Sun Bowl. And I'm trying to remember where he got drafted, but it was definitely, you know, third third round or something like Mm -hmm. that. So uh, yeah, listen, if you have the ability to, either be the number one pick in the draft. And sometimes you can't control that. Sometimes you slip to the number two or, or a three pick. No shame in that. You have to come out. So I totally agree with you there. Um, again, going around the dial to all the other amazing uh, teams and things that you cover, you touched, we talked about the Rams. And really at the beginning of the season, I was on uh, the same page with you. I said, listen, if you if you can tank for Caleb Williams, you know, Matt, Matt Barkley's at the end of his uh, road uh, if not with his career, certainly with his team, uh, they they started the season strong, then they dipped. Michael, they're kind of on a run here. Mm-hmm. Where uh, listen, if they can beat uh, Cleveland this Sunday at SoFi Stadium, they, and they are favored to do so, they are six and six and firmly in the uh, wild card conversation. Your thoughts on the Rams? And really, I, I think that that win over Seattle, that comeback win over Seattle, may have been a turning point of their season.
2: Yeah, it's just, you know, when you have Matthew Stafford, the plays that that guy can make at the quarterback position, it gives you a chance to win. And that's why I believe that Mc- Coach McVay was like, hey, as long as we got this guy healthy, we- why will we, you know, quit? Why will we not want to go out here and win? We got Aaron Donald on the other side. They're just playing some solid football. Kyron Williams came back and put on a great, great performance. How I know is because he had 38 points for me in fantasy football. (laughs) So with him back, he gives them a weapon that can run the ball, that can catch the ball. So now their offense is looking like it was earlier in the season. So the Rams are a scary team. Like, Like they're not a team that you want to take lightly and that, you know, if they can somehow sneak into their playoffs, they are going to be a tough out because they've been there. And they got a lot of young guys who, you know, don't know any better. So they're just going to go out there and play hard for coach McVay.
1: You know, what's been amazing this season has also been the continued development and uh, progress of Puka Nakua and Tutu Atwell. I mean, when they started the season that the way that they did, it seemed like a fun story and, and a good story for a week or two, but here we are the end of November going into December and they are still putting up amazing numbers. As you see, their progress and
2: the way that they've played with Cooper Cup being hurt your thoughts on them no they are very vital to to why I believe McVeigh believed that this team can you know be a tough team and make maybe make a playoff run mm-hmm. because you know all of last season it was just kind of like man Who can help Cooper Cup? Like Allen Robinson, it didn't work out. And the other guys are filled in the spot. But Puka and Tutu, it gives them three legit passing weapons. Now, with Williams back in the backfield, now they're going to look like one of the better offenses in the NFL if they can stay healthy. So you have to love their progress. And it seems like every week they get better. And better, and if if it's, it comes down to Matthew Stafford, if he's healthy, the Rams can hang with and play with anybody. But if he's hurt, of course, they have no chance. Uh, the other
1: team in Los Angeles, in terms of the sharing SoFi Stadium, is the Chargers. And if you had told me at the beginning of the season. That the uh, Rams would have a better record than the Chargers, I wouldn't call you crazy. But not only that, talk to the Sporting Tribune's Fernando Ramirez, who does an amazing job covering the Chargers. And after uh, the Chargers beat the Jets, I said, "Hey, listen, Fernando, I mean, they're four and four. Maybe they've turned the corner this season." He said, Arash, that may be their last game of the. That may be their last win of the season." And then we went through the schedule, and I said, "I mean, maybe you're right, but I can't even imagine that." So since then, they've lost three straight. Brandon Staley is on the hot seat. Amazing, perhaps, like he's still coaching. When you're looking at what's happening with the Chargers going into a, and I call it a big game against New England, because New England's bad. And if you go into New England and lose that game to that team, uh, Brandon Staley may have to go. Your thoughts
2: on what's happening to the Chargers? Yeah, the Chargers, man. They're just a team that has terrible luck um, this season. Like, so many close games that they've been right there in it, but they find ways to lose you know we saw against the the Ravens there it was a tough game like they gave the Ravens all they can handle but it just comes down to those little plays and we talked about it uh, weeks ago that as great as Justin Herbert is when it comes to the biggest moments he doesn't make the plays that this team needs to go over the top like he's a great talent but I don't think that he's a great quarterback and when it comes to Brendan Staley I just think they just need a total you know, rebuild, go get a whole new staff and bring in something new, and maybe that can give them the spark. But, you know, maybe they can get hot. They have New England, and then they have mostly divisional games, and then you have the Buffalo Bills. So maybe they can get hot, but, man, after seeing them these last three weeks, it's hard to believe, especially if they can't win close games.
1: You've heard some of the big names attached to the job. Uh, we've heard Bill Belichick. We've heard Jim Harbaugh. In talking to Fernando and some of uh, the, the other uh, fine journalists who cover the team, they 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 just don't see the Spanos family paying the money that it's going to take. I mean, you're talking about 10 to $15 million if you want to hire a coach uh, the caliber of Bill Belichick or Jim Harbaugh. Uh, your thoughts on that and who
2: you would hire to be the next head coach of the chargers yeah with with this quarterback and with some of the talent they have on this team you have to go out and pay big bucks for a coach and get a veteran coach that's why bill belichick will be ideal he can come in he can make sure that that defense is the way that it's going to be to where if it can be a top five top seven defense like you know you expect to see when you see bosa mac and derwin james on the defense if he can bring that And then he can work with um, Justin Herbert. Who knows? He might get his buddy Tom Brady to come Mm -hmm. and, you know, help out when it comes to Justin Herbert. So Bill Belichick will be the ideal coach for that situation. But who knows? You know, Bill Belichick likes to be low key. Maybe he doesn't want to be in L.A., but he's the guy. If I'm the Spanos family and I'm screaming and hollering for because he will make a huge difference.
1: Michael, okay, before we close out, I wanted to bring this up because I think you may have been at the game and obviously you've known him since high school. The Russell Westbrook confrontation with the fan. Um, and by the way, real sad that it's happening like at kind a of Clippers game. Some Lakers fans or opposing teams' fans provide tickets to Clippers games because they are cheaper and just because uh, they have nothing better to do with their lives. Um, heckle. Um, what, it's like almost worse that he responds because you're gonna get some jerks who want to pay uh, for cheap tickets and they, they want to continue this. What can the team do security do? I mean, what can what can we do to kind of like help prevent this and I say that because I get it. people want the players to just focus on the game but man like when they're saying stuff about their families and saying stuff that you can't repeat here, uh, that's not right.
2: Yeah, I I think the teams have to do a better job of of pointing out guys and fans who are heckling the players who are going too too far. Some of these fans go too far. And in that case, from what I've heard, what the guy was saying, that he just kind of went too far. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, with Russ, it was a tough situation. They were losing. They were getting embarrassed in a game that they should have won. Uh, but, you know, that they have to do a better job of getting security in places and getting these knuckleheads out of the arena. But these players do have to realize, like, hey, you know what you signed up for. You've been getting heckled all the way back since high school or maybe before then. So you just got to be, you know, the, the wiser uh, individuals, your millionaires out there playing. Don't get yourself in trouble because of some idiots in the crowd.
1: Exactly. I mean, I, 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 that's the most important thing is that, uh, you know the uh, teams have to do a better job. Listen, there's no room for that. And so, if fans are um, heckling and saying things that they shouldn't be, and by the way, there's kids in the crowd, so at mm. the very least, I mean, you can boo, you can say, "Hey, Russ, you stink," or whatever. But again, there are lines crossed uh, when things like that happen, and uh, certainly the uh, teams need to do a bit better job of of uh, p- patrolling that and make sure that it does not happen. Mike you're the best. Can't wait to follow and see what you're covering this week we'll have you back on next week let's leave it there for now when we come back we'll talk a little bit more about the sports in southern california las vegas and hawaii when we come back right here on the mightier 1090 in los angeles the bet in las vegas and the Hawaii sports radio network
0: we'll be right back with the arash markazi show on the mightier 1090 espn radio time there's nothing more valuable This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio.
1: All right, Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show uh, right here on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California. The Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment, a one-win ticket to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas or Hawaii. Call our hotline 310. 4000340 uh wanted to give a shout out to the sporting interviews Adrian Hernandez he was out in Chicago for Survivor Series he was at the post uh post event press conference uh, they, they do these amazing press conferences so I wanted to play for you now the post Survivor Series press conference where uh Triple H Paul Levac talks about the historical night that uh, the WWE had with Survivor Series in Chicago and again the amazing return of the one and only CM Punk. So here he is right now, Triple H, Paul Levesque.
0: Amazing night, I think across the board for everybody. I'll start off by saying thank you all for being here. Um, As I made my way up here through this crowd, um, it was hard not to feel the excitement and the energy Um, that is here in Chicago. This has always been an amazing market for us. Um, This All-State Arena, this has been, in my career, um, probably my favorite building to perform in. It's just deafeningly loud in here, the way the acoustics are set up, the wood roof. Um, People in Chicago are just um, loud and excited to be here and you could just always count on it um, being an incredible night and tonight was no different Um, the last two nights were no different Two sold out back-to-back shows here over um, just short of 34,000 tickets sold here for two nights Um, incredibly successful I want to thank Slim Jim for uh, making this press conference happen um, and uh, Hope everybody had a wonderful Thanksgiving leading into tonight, but um, let's talk a little bit about business. Tonight was the highest grossing Survivor Series in history and matter of fact, the highest um, grossing event here with the exception of WrestleMania when it was here and it was neck and neck with WrestleMania. Uh, for me, that's a positive on both sides. Win-win. I was in the main event of that WrestleMania, so it doesn't bother me that much. But um, that's, pretty, that's something pretty special right here. 37 years of Survivor Series to be the biggest one ever. Um, sponsorship up about 25% from last year, so across that. And then the viewership, um, just spectacular tonight. We, we opened up the show um, with the women's war game match, and right out of the gate, Um, by far largest uh, viewership of all time and it just grew throughout the evening so we don't have all the final numbers in yet but we will and this one was a whopper so um very very exciting a lot of things to talk about in the show let's talk about the big return our truth (laughs) back (laughs) right our truth is back baby yeah Eating chips, just going to town. Our truth is the man. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I, I never saw it coming. You know what I mean? And how we were able to keep that quiet, mind-blowing. But our truth is back. I expect that to be headlines everywhere for all of you. Um, now, let's talk about the return of Randy Orton. Just incredible. Randy is a... You know, JBL used to say it all the time, if you were going to design a WWE superstar, if you were going to build one from the ground up, you would build Randy Orton. Um, I met Randy Orton when he was a kid, you know, worked with him when he was a kid. Um, Gave him a lot of slack because he was a kid for a long, long time. And to see where he is now, to see... That growth, so incredibly proud of him um, to see where he is not only as a performer, but as a man, as a father, as a human being, just incredibly proud of Randy Orton. And when you have the kind of injury that he had where things are touch and go, I've been there where they tell you, you might never do this again. Um, That's a rough experience to be able to fight back what he went through to be able to have what he had done and come back here tonight and have the moment that he had was just, was awesome. And um, I'm so happy for him um, to be able to come here, do what he did tonight and, and sort of with it, it sounds silly, but as it being war games, sort of the pressure off him a little bit to come back and be able to just be Randy Orton and do what he wants to do. You have no idea what performers and athletes go through when they've been gone for a long period of time, and they have to fight back through something like that. The, the I, I must use a really bad word. Um, the the tricks that your mind play on you to wonder if anyone's going to care, to wonder if it'll matter, to wonder if you still can do this, to one to just. No matter how good you are, no matter how confident you are, that that runs through your head. Um, so to to get him out there tonight, blow the roof off this place here in Chicago and just have the moment that he did. Awesome. And I'm, I'm incredibly happy for him. Um, I thought to get into the rest of the, the PLE, I thought an incredible night. I thought the women just. That that. That Grand Slam is still sailing out of the park. Um, amazing job. You know, Shotzi put on a performance that I, th- I think s- solidified her in that role in that upper tier. Um, and everybody else, you know, star-studded match that just delivered on every end. Um, Gunther and Miz, y- you-, you can never count the Miz out. And I know it'll sound cliche, but whatever he does, it's awesome if if the if the if the job in the moment is uh be a comedian he's a comedian if it's to be serious he's serious if it's to be an incredible athlete he's an incredible athlete like his 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 value to us his value across the company as a spokesman as a human being as as everything you want to be able to re- represent what the wwe is Miz um does it and he does it better than just about anyone and then gunther is just a whole nother level of animal um, his performances one after the other he makes you believe uh with your whole heart and then rips it out of your chest you know it's he's just awesome can't say enough good things about him and that that delivered incredibly well um santos and uh dragon lee just two Lucha guys, that brings so much more to the table than just being two Lucha guys. Um, Santos's run here up against Rey Mysterio, his turn, so to speak, has just been phenomenal so far. He's lightning in a bottle, and um, this was the moment, for me at least, that I was waiting for with him, that that we were trying to get to with him, to to give him that to sink his teeth into. And I think um, right now he's... He's just on the launching pad of where he's going to go, and I'm incredibly excited for that. And then Dragon Lee, you have to say nothing more than Rey Mysterio dubbing him the future of Lucha Libre, right? Like, the sky is the limit there as well. Um, And I thought that um, with Rhea and Zoe, Zoe proved that she can hang at that level and belongs at that level. I thought she did an amazing job. And... You know, if, if I think Michael Cole might have said something like this tonight, but if you look up star in the dictionary, there's a picture of Rhea Ripley sitting there. I mean, just has it on every single level and um, just continues to get better and better and better every single time she's out there and, and I see her. So um, and then the men's war game match was just off the chart. You know, a lot of story there, a lot of nuances there that I thought delivered on every level. You know, these matches can be just um, action, action uh, extravaganza. But to me, that doesn't do anything. Um, It's in the storylines and the action has to match it. A movie with just a bunch of crazy good CGI is not very good. The story has to be there. I thought the story was there for everybody across the board and sort of in a lot of ways leaves you... um, With a lot of questions answered but a lot of questions still existing and i think that's a good thing um and then uh you know across the board i thought we just had a spectacular night from here rumble coming up tampa is going to be amazing um it'll be interesting to go in there with actual people going crazy in there instead of video boards uh, going crazy um can't wait for that Um, we will be in perth australia the elimination chamber we will be in philly for mania this 24 is going to be an incredible year for wwe Um, i think six of our uh, biggest ple's are international this year with france coming up and berlin coming up so it's going to be a crazy year i feel like we're just getting rolling um so the last thing I'm not mentioning, obviously, is the, 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 the elephant in the room, but I'm going to open it up to questions because I'm sure somebody is waiting to ask that one first. All right, first question uh, here in the front row. Emily
1: May with Sports Geeta Wrestling. We all want to know, we just saw it happen, Sam Punk made his return to WWE here at Survivor Series. How did that all happen? And what's next for Sam Punk?
0: So this is, um, one of those things, is that me? Excuse me. All right. Um, is this still working? Yeah. All right. This was one of those, um, sort of lightning in a bottle moments that came together very quickly. Um, but we are incredibly excited about it. You know, it's been a long time and, um, in some ways been a long time coming you know you can say this about CM Punk love him hate him positive negative whatever you want to say people talk about him all the time um, he is a, a magnet for that He's a conversation starter um, and it's tough to look past that and for me if if our fans want it If the WWE Universe is excited to have it, then let's go. And we'll figure out the rest of it from there. Um, This came together super quick, um, which I'm sure is why it stayed very tight. You know, there's a lot of speculation at that point. It was nothing but speculation. For most of the time, it was speculation. It didn't really start to come to fruition until everybody stopped thinking it was going to happen. And then all of a sudden, it was happening. Um, But... um, extremely excited, you know, a lot of time has gone by, almost 10 years, right? And if you are the same person you were 10 years ago, 10 years later, you've messed up. Everybody grows, everybody changes, Um, and I'm a different person, he's a different person, Um, this is a different company, and we're all, uh, we're all on, a, on, a, on the same even starting ground. So what's next for CM Punk? That'll be interesting, won't it? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see that myself. I know whatever it is, it'll be talked about. It'll be exciting. Um, and it'll be a thrill ride for the WWE Universe no matter, no matter what it is. Um, and I'm thrilled. We're all thrilled um, to have him back here. And um, to have him back, you know, cliched to say, but have him back home in WWE. to where he belongs.
1: Uh, thank you. Hi, uh, Nick Housman, House of Wrestling. Um, just to kind of follow up on Emily's question there, um, how much of this was something that, you know, you, you were pushing for as opposed to TKO was pushing for and Ari was pushing for? Obviously, the
0: dynamic has shifted a lot. It would there seem- has been zero push from anybody past... WWE, um, you know, it's it's um, myself, Nick Khan. To be honest, uh, very few people knew about it past that. And um, you know, it's a it's a funny thing now because all of a sudden there's like this mystery entity <laughs> behind yeah, WWE. I think a lot of people are interested to kind of know how that yeah. dynamic is working. That's why I asked it. Like, um, yeah, we're we're doing our thing. Um, and we're trusted to do our thing and trusted to do what we feel is right for business and um i'll, I'll, I'll be honest i probably the top people at t k o were watching the show going holy <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah it was a good thing right so um it's an it's a it's a a crazy cool time right now in w w e and um I think fans can feel that. It's a lot of energy, a lot of excitement, and I'm, man, I'm, I'm ready. Let's run through a wall. You know what I mean? Let's, let's do this and do it the biggest way possible, Um, and just uh, keep building on what Vince McMahon made into a global juggernaut for 50 years. And um, if I have anything to do with it, and Uh, have any say that we're going to make it bigger than it's ever been before. Second row. Hi. Hi.
1: Alex Lajas from Queen of the Ring and Church of Joshi. I wanted to switch gears for a little bit. I know we're talking about punk. I wanted to get into the women's division, because you have a good eye for Joshi wrestling, obviously, with uh, Io Sky as WWE Women's Champion, also being a Grand Slam champion in Japan. There are rumors that a big talent, Julia from Japan, you have interest in her. I was wondering if you can give us a little bit more detail about that.
0: The funny thing is like, I didn't even know there was a term Joshi thing. Like I didn't even know that was a term until like a couple of years ago where I was like, what is that? Anyways, I see that all the time. It, to me, it's just like it's what we do, right? And um, they're talent athletes that, that work globally. And whether we're, pulling athletes out of NIL, out of colleges, and training them from the ground up, or whether we're seeing somebody that we think is an amazing performer that's working their way up someplace else. They're, they're still amazing um, in-ring talent, and I want to work with the best talent. I want to work with the best talent that's open to not just saying, hey, this is what I do, and that's what I do. Right? I want them to be open to doing more i want all our town to be open to doing more and to push the envelope of, of what they believe and what they can do and and the stories that they can tell um, so to me it's you know sometimes i see we look in a specific place i don't look in a specific place the the, the globe is where i look and and where we look and where our recruiters look and where our team looks and um If if somebody's talented and we think that they can hang on the biggest stage in the world, we want them to come here and see if they believe in themselves as much as we do. We are are scheduled for one more question and we'll head to the front row.
1: Hello, uh, Steve Vall from TenCon Wrestling News Co., with Jade Cargill missing from TV recently, is there plans for her development coming forth? Because we are, we're seeing her on NXT, Raw, and SmackDown. Now we really haven't seen her. Thank you so much for moving that. Yeah, back. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's Thank it's you.
0: I it couldn't decide which eye to look. I know, which, to which look. Yeah. look
1: at. But where has she been? Because she was on TV, now she hasn't been.
0: Yeah, so look, Jade is a... Jade is... I have no less belief in her now than I did then. It's it's interesting. when When she came in, we talked about her development and where she would land, but what the development was, um, I want to make sure that no matter what is thrown at Jade Cargill, she's ready. And at no fault of her own, um, I think that she was limited in that, right? So the idea is, let's we, we exposed her, we m- made her be seen. People are understanding, and they're waiting, and they're excited for her to come. And when she does, it's going to be massive. Um, and I just think that we're just making sure that uh, when she's ready, I don't. I don't want a pitch to get thrown her that she's never seen before. I want, no matter what that pitch is, she's going to crack that thing out of the park because that's a. You can just see it in her. That's the presence she has. That's the star she is. Um, you've yet to see her do anything in WWE, and yet I could probably name. Five, 10 people here where you would go like, oh, that's a dream match, right? Like, without her doing a thing. So, I'm in no rush for her to, when when she says, I'm ready, I'm ready.
1: All right, that was uh, Triple H himself, Paul Levesque, talking about a historical Survivor Series in Chicago. Our man, Adrian Hernandez of the Sporting Tribune, went out to Chicago For one reason and one reason alone, he got no guarantees, but he went out there to see the return of CM Punk and My Man Got It. And he got the uh, post-event press conference as well. So we got to play that for you. Just uh, thrilled about the coverage that we're going to provide for you from the WWE uh, through not only Adrian Hernandez, but Fernando Ramirez and some of our other journalists as well. So. Uh, That's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe, stay healthy.
0: This is the Arash Markazi show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN radio. Hustle for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing, currency chasing worldwide through the hard times, worrying faces. Shed tears as we worry, brothers close to heart. What was a friend now? A ghost in the dark. Hard part about a brother got smoked by a fiend. Turn a loss on a blind to a broken man's dream. A hard lesson, court cases keep them guessing. Lead bargain ain't an option now, so I'm stressing
2: more
0: to be free than life in the Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a 5-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at believe.com and search for BLEAV on YouTube.